Hello, and welcome to episode 83 of True Crime Finland, Metsurin, the Lumberjack, Pelimatti Huohvanainen. As the title already suggests, this is a true crime podcast, and it details cases that can be of a disturbing and violent nature. Because of this, I encourage you to use your discretion and stop listening or skip ahead if you need to. I want to give an additional warning here because this episode details some extreme violence. If you're ready, let's get started. On Wednesday afternoon, the 22nd of September in 1999, a woman arrived at a business property located in Vanta, a part of the metropolitan area in the south of Finland. She was there to drop off her husband's car. Present at the office at the time were her husband, Jukka Huovinen, his brother, Veli-Matti Huovinen, as well as Jukka's friend and a fourth person. Out of nowhere, Veli-Matti started acting aggressively and hit his brother's friend with a shovel. He then proceeded to fire his revolver in front of his brother. His brother Jukka then escaped the office while his wife stayed behind. Velimatti now called his other brother, Olli Beckham. He asked him to bring over a wooden box that contained a submachine gun. Olli Beckham did as he was asked, but also called over an acquaintance of his. Once he arrived, Velimatti immediately pulled his brother inside into the office by force. Jukka Huovinen's wife was sobbing on the sofa. At around seven in the evening, another person, Daisto Mayela, arrived at the office with his seven-year-old daughter, meaning to change the battery of his phone. According to witness testimony, he took out his phone and was removing the battery when Velimatti suddenly shot him in the head at point-blank range. His daughter had been right next to them and witnessed the shooting. She was taken away before Olibeka shot Mayala a second time in the mouth, killing him. Jukka Huovinen now returned to the office in order to pick up his wife, who was at this point hysterical. He saw the dead man and was told he would not be leaving with his wife before he got rid of the body. Jukka called up a friend of his, who soon arrived in a car with a Swedish man called Mikael Nilsson, not his real name. The three loaded up the body into the trunk and then proceeded to drive it next to a church in Helsinki. They left the body there after which Jukka once again returned to the office, this time only with Nilsson. Velimatti then finally released his wife. While this was going on, another unsuspecting man called Harri Koskinen had also arrived at the office. He soon got into an argument with Velimatti and Jukka. In the middle of it, 
Velimati fetched a nailer from the stockroom. He was intending to use it on Koskinen's head, but luckily for Koskinen, the nailer did not work. Instead, he ordered his brother Yukka to get a drill, telling him to use it on Koskinen's leg, which he did. Velimati was accusing Koskinen of being a snitch, something Koskinen vehemently denied. Velimati kept quote-unquote interrogating him by torturing him in different ways, trying to get him to admit to something. After midnight, Velimati finally shot Koskinen in the head several times, killing him. Before leaving, the remaining men tried to blow up the office by using two open gas tanks, but failed in their attempt. Afterwards, they drove off. When they had driven for a while, they noticed police cars, but managed to get away from them. After some detours, they headed to a bridge and dropped the submachine gun into the sea. They kept driving until they ended up in Palkane, a municipality about 145 kilometers away from Helsinki. They stopped at a gas station before starting up again, this time driving towards the south, to Hauho. When they arrived, Velimatti told the driver to take a forest road. After that, he ordered everyone out of the car. The Swede, Nilsson, did not do as he was asked immediately. Velimati got angry and started pulling him out of the car while stabbing him in the chest with a knife. Nilsson was still showing faint signs of life when the men dragged him behind a large stone and left him there. He subsequently died of his injuries. Now, there were only four left. The driver, as well as Jukka Huovinen, finally managed to escape the situation, though it is not entirely clear how this happened. The driver subsequently went to a house and explained the situation. The police and an ambulance were called. Meanwhile, Yuka had run to a small store where he ordered a taxi in order to get as far away as he could. The police soon found out about this taxi and caught up to the brothers. The case went to court in March of 2000, where Velimatti Huohuanainen, aka Metsure, the lumberjack, was being accused of three counts of murder. The prosecutor was seeking life in prison as punishment for him for the murders, as well as for taking a hostage, aggravated deprivation of liberty, and aggravated assault. Olibeka Huohuanainen was charged with two counts of murder and one count of aggravated assault. The prosecutor was requesting that he too be sentenced to either life in prison or at least 15 years. According to the prosecutor, Velimatti and Olibekka had killed both Taisto Majala and Harri Koskinen together. 
On top of that, before killing Koskinen, they had first tortured him in various ways. During the escape, Velimatti had also killed Mikael Nilsson. The third brother, Jukka Huovinen, had been charged with aggravated assault, but was also a complainant in the case. The prosecutor stated that Velimatti was holding Jukka's wife as a hostage, and because of this, he had been able to force Jukka to do as he requested. The wife was so scared of Velimatti and Olibeka that she preferred to complete her witness testimony without them present in the courtroom. According to Velimatti Huohvanainen's defense, it was not murder, but rather manslaughter committed while suffering from a mental disorder. The defense argued he had been under immense stress and that he had been hallucinating at the time. During the killings, he had been going on about the Mafia, the Winter War, and hitmen. For example, he thought that Daisto Maiella was a killer that had been sent after him. As for the killing of Harry Koskinen, the defense argued the submachine gun had gone off by accident. Finally, Mikhail Nilsson was killed in the heat of the moment, without any planning, making it manslaughter. The defense for Olibeka Huohonainen was arguing that Olibeka was actually coerced and pressured by Velimatti and was acting under his orders. The defense also stated that Daisto Maiola had actually died of the first bullet shot in the head by Velimatti. This would have meant that the shot fired by Olibeka was not key and did not actually cause Maiola's death. The court delivered its ruling on the 11th of September in 2000, finding Velimatti Huohvanainen guilty of three counts of murder, one count of deprivation of liberty, and one count of taking a hostage. The court found that he had been of sound mind at the time and sentenced him to life in prison. He was also ordered to pay compensation in the total amount of over a half a million marks, about 100,000 euros in today's money. For example, the little girl who had witnessed her father being killed was granted compensation in the amount of 120,000 marks, about 26,000 euros. Her brothers also received compensation for mental suffering. Jukka Huominen's wife, who Velimatti had held hostage for several hours, was granted 70,000 marks, about 15,000 euros. Olibeka Huohvanainen was found guilty of one count of attempted homicide and two counts of assault. The prosecutor had been requested that he be sentenced to life in prison as well, but in turn, the court sentenced him to two years and seven months in prison instead. The court found that Olibeko had been coerced by his little brother Velimatti.
In the case of Daistomayala, the court gave him a lighter sentence because the medical examiners had not been able to determine if Daistomayala was still alive or not when Olibeko shot him in the mouth. As for Yukka Huovidan, the court found that he had also been forced and had been threatened by Velimatti. He was found guilty of assault and sentenced to four months in prison for torturing the second victim, Harri Koskinen. The three men were subsequently sent to serve their sentences. The end? Mm, not really. Fourteen years later, on Tuesday, the 14th of October in 2014, the Helsinki Court of Appeals ruled that Velimatti Huohvarainen would be paroled the following autumn. He was finally released in 2015. During his time in freedom, he got a job, started studying, and even got married. Three years later, on Saturday, the 14th of April in 2018, Velimatti Huohvanainen was spending the evening at a Russian restaurant called Saslik, located in Helsinki. He had been invited there by Raimo Andersson, a key member of a criminal gang called United Brotherhood. Huohvanainen and Andersson were friends and had known each other for a quite a long time. Andersson was, at the time, on prisoner's leave. He was serving a life sentence for the contract killing of Volkan Unsal. A side note here, without going further into the case of Unsal, since it's a whole different complicated story, I recommend listening to episodes 17, 18, and 19 on Yari Arnio, episode 33 on Jan episode 81 on the Punavori double homicide, as well as the bonus episode on Yari Arnio I put out just before my break on Patreon. These episodes and cases are all intertwined. Now, let's get back to today's case. Andersson and Huohvanainen, as well as a third man who was with them, drank quite heavily throughout the night at the restaurant. After this, Huohvanainen and Andersson got into a car and the third man drove them to a detached house in Wampa, a part of the metropolitan area. The driver did not stay to continue the night, but drove off leaving Huahvanainen and Andersson on their own. Early in the morning, Huahvanainen left the house. Meanwhile, a relative discovered Andersson dead in the hallway. 
The NBI soon started investigating the case as the people involved were known to the police from the criminal underworld. As mentioned, Anderson was a member of United Brotherhood, but Huahuaren and Tube had quite a few connections. In the early 2000s, he had been a member of a gang called Bats. It had originally been formed by skinheads from eastern Finland. Huahvanainen allegedly had and still has significant influence in the underworld, according to some sources. The police first investigated the case as manslaughter. Once the investigation progressed, though, it became a murder case. The police were in luck because there were security cameras on the premises of the house, and they had filmed most of the events of that night. The key evidence supporting the police's case came directly from this footage. The police were suspecting Huahuanen for the killing from the start, as it seemed like there had been no one else present at the house besides Huahuanen and Anderson. The police did not think anyone else was involved, and, somewhat surprisingly, the crime did not seem gang-related either, despite both of the parties being gang members. Huahvanainen finally turned himself into the police, and he was arrested in the center of Helsinki on the 16th of April. During questioning sessions, he was cooperative, and admitted to causing Andersson's death. The case went to court in the Eastern Uusima District Court on the 7th of February in 2019, where Velimatti stood accused of murder once again. According to the district prosecutor Mika Appelsin, Pelimatti Huahvanainen had assaulted Raimo Andersson to death. The violence had first started inside the house, but at some point they ended up in the yard. Outside, Huahvanainen proceeded to kick and beat Andersson in the head and different parts of his body. After about 20 minutes, he had then gone inside and put on protection shoes, the type with metal tips. While he was gone, Andersson could be seen on the security camera footage in very bad shape, crawling on the yard. He attempted to get up, but was not able to, and instead fell and hit his head. With the shoes on, Huahvanainen returned to the yard and continued kicking Andersson, who was laying on the ground. At some point, Andersson stopped moving completely. Huahvarainen then lit up a cigarette and used it to burn Andersson. When he showed signs of life again, Huahvarainen kept kicking. The violence lasted for about 40 more minutes. All in all, Huahvanainen had assaulted Andersson 
for over one and a half hours. According to the charges, after he was done, Huahvalainen then started dragging lifeless Andersson towards the front door. He left him inside in the hallway while he himself left the premises. The prosecutor was requesting that Huahvalainen be sentenced for murder based on the duration and the cruelty of the act. Andersson had not been able to defend himself and did not fight back, according to the security camera footage. Huahvanainen's defense denied that there was an intent to kill, even though they did admit to the description of the events presented by the prosecution. During the preliminary investigation, Huahvanainen had admitted that he had caused Anderson's death, but he was not intending to kill him, at least according to his story. According to Huahvanainen's defense counsel Ilka Ukkonen, Huahvanainen had fallen asleep and later woke up when he was being slapped in the face. This sparked him to attack Andersson. Ukkonen stated that Huahvanainen and Andersson were old friends. However, he also claimed that Huahvanainen had not recognized Andersson in the moment. Ukkonen argued that they were both intoxicated, which also affected the outcome of the events of that night. Interestingly, Huahvanainen's defense counsel Ilka Ukkonen himself had a criminal record and gang connections. He had been involved with Hell's Angels. In 1996, he shot the vice president of a rival gang, the Bandidos, in the center of Helsinki. He was subsequently sentenced to 12 and a half years in prison for manslaughter and attempted manslaughter. Not long after the shooting, Ukkonen became a full member of the gang, and the Finnish Hells Angels became an official subdivision. Since 2014, he has been a licensed legal counsel, defending important players of the Finnish underworld, including the president of United Brotherhood, Dero Holobainen. The court delivered its verdict on the 1st of March in 2019, finding Velimati Huahvanainen guilty of murder and sentencing him to life in prison. He was also ordered to pay compensation to the state as well as Andersson's family in the amount of 79,000 euros. The court found that there was clear intent to kill as Huahvanainen had assaulted Andersson for a prolonged period of time. The violence Huahvanainen inflicted on Andersson was very cruel and brutal. Continuing the assault showed an intention to kill, even if there was no specific plan in place beforehand, the court stated. Huahvanainen was not content with the verdict and appealed further to the Court of Appeals. 
he requested that the court throw out the murder charge. He admitted to assaulting Anderson and causing his death in this manner, but argued he had no intent to kill him. His view was that he was only guilty of aggravated assault and negligent homicide. He stated he had been very close friends with Anderson for a long time and had not had any arguments over the years. He repeated his story that he had been woken up in the middle of the night, being slapped by a man he did not recognize in the moment. He alleged that he had assaulted the man to try to get him to leave Anderson's house. The Court of Appeals delivered its verdict in May of 2020, upholding the District Court's original ruling. It thus upheld Wahonan's life sentence for the murder of Raimo Anderson. The court stated that there was no evidence suggesting that Wahonan had persistently aimed to kill Anderson. However, he must have been aware that the victim was most likely going to die as the consequence of the brutal violence afflicted upon him. The investigation had shown that Wahunayan had kept breaks in between, and the court reminded him that he had the opportunity to end the violence during this time. Instead, he had decided to continue and prolong the assault. For this reason, the act was committed in an especially cruel and brutal manner, the court stated. According to the medical examiner's report, Anderson's death had also been very painful. The court stated that even if Hoafanainen was drunk as his defense had presented, this had no mitigating effect on the ruling. Quite the opposite, it was clear Hoafanainen had been able to perceive what was going on, the court stated, as he had kept going with the assault even when he noticed Anderson was still alive. Belimati Huahvanainen was subsequently sent to serve his second life sentence. Being sentenced to life in prison twice is very rare in Finland, especially for extremely violent homicides. There are also very few cases where the perpetrator has committed as many as four violent homicides. The longest life sentence in Finnish criminal history thus far was served by Pasiratu, who robbed and stabbed an elderly disabled man to death in 1990. He served 22 years of his life sentence and was released in 2012. Only about a month after being released, he beat a man with a metal pipe and stabbed him to death. For this, he was sentenced to life again and is still currently in prison. Time will tell how long Huahonainen serves his second time around. As for Huahonainen's defense counsel Ilka Ukkonen, the Finnish Board of Legal Counsels reversed his license 
in October of 2020. The ruling was sealed at the time, but once Ukonen appealed the decision, the Finnish Court of Appeals declared the documents public. According to the ruling, the board considered Hells Angels a criminal organization. Being a member of such an organization was basis for withdrawing the license of a council. The board stated that councils were expected to be credible, independent, trustworthy, and be able to manage a court case appropriately. In this case, the board found that these matters weighed more than Ukkonen's individual rights and interests. The case is currently still being processed in the Court of Appeals. I will keep you updated on any developments. Thank you so much for listening to the 83rd episode of True Crime Finland, Crime Stories from the Cold North. Huge thanks to Laura and Janet for becoming patrons just before my break. Apologies for the late shout-out. Also, thank you Bailey for becoming a patron as well. If you too would like to support the show, you can do that on Patreon, where you can donate as little as $2 a month and in return get exclusive access to ad-free and early episodes and other rewards. Visit the page at patreon.com slash truecrimefinland. Art is by Mark Berniam and Music is Nights by VVS Music. You can contact me via email at truecrimefinlandpod at gmail.com. There is a Facebook group called True Crime Finland Podcast and I'm on Twitter and Instagram at tc underscore Finland. You can find all my episodes on my website at truecrimefinland.squarespace.com or wherever you get your podcasts.